All right. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the... <laughs> what are you smiling over there? Welcome, everybody, to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back, Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Foley. Across the state's my good buddy and your second host, Ryan Thornburg. We are the Ryans of the RNR Catcast, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And we're happy to be here. We're going to talk some defense tonight. Thorny, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, it's weird recording at the time that we're doing it. It's currently 6.15 p.m. We usually record around 9, 9.15. There's daylight coming in the window. It's weirding me out. I don't think that we have recorded before 8 p.m. once. Maybe an instant reaction show. We might have started at like at 7.45 or something. But this is the earliest, I, I like believe, we've we done it recorded. once. Yeah. It's it's a dangerous time to record because our kids are going to be busting through the doors yes. anytime. Yeah, my son was <laughs> I'm just, just counting on that. This <laughs> just belting out who let the dogs out in the other room and I, it's it's like I don't I, you didn't hear it but I started laughing. So I think I I hope nobody hears all the nonsense but we might hear some crazy uh, craziness in the background. It's just going to happen. Yeah, my wife is out with her girlfriends. She had like a I don't know. They're getting together at a restaurant doing happy hour or something like that. And I was like, ah, okay, I can record. Fingers crossed. Hopefully this works out. <laughs> so good luck. Here's to that, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're going to talk about the defense, uh, the depth chart coming out. Well, I mean, the, the same depth chart that really we've been talking about, but we'll go through who some lost, position battles. Who's coming stuff. up? Yeah. Uh, and any news we have as far as the defensive side of the ball goes this is second part to our offensive episode we put out last week. So it, I was looking forward to this, man. Defensive side of the ball, there's a lot of players coming up. It feels like, Ryan, that we have like a whole new team. Like I was just thinking about this the other day. Like we lost so many good players. The identity of this team has yet to be forged. And everything I'm hearing out of Bobcat camp, Bozeman land is like these guys are just chomping at the bit to prove it. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Eshelman. I think she's basically the one feeding most of the information about the the vibe around camp, the culture. She's the one doing most of the reporting. So shout out to Alex because she's the one getting me all hyped mm. up about the the identity of the team yeah. and the culture. She's the one putting it out there. So appreciate it. Yeah. All right on. But first, like always, dude, let's talk about what's in our golden coolies. It's not it's not too early. It's still okay to be cracking beers here. So Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Sorry. Sorry. What's in your golden coolie? <laughs> All right. I have the Barley Ridge Nut Brown Ale from Bitterroot Brewing down in Hamilton, which apparently, according to the website, is gluten-reduced, always delicious. You know, I like the first couple sips I've had. The more I get into it, I'm kind of tasting kind of the off flavor from... uh you know, from the, the barley and all that stuff. So I don't know. It, it's it's okay. I probably wouldn't buy it again. I don't hate it. I'll be happy yeah. enough to finish it, but I'm not. It's a little, got a little tang to it that I don't really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, you don't want a tang in a brown, in a nut brown ale. So uh, 
that brewery, Bitterroot, uh, one of my favorites in Montana, by the way, they have years ago, they used to put out a beer called the Blown Out Brown, just like a paying homage to springtime when the, when the rivers turn chocolate milk and everything just gets blown out, right? The, the spring melt-off happens and it was delicious. And then they stopped making that. And I think they went to what you're drinking right now. And I, I've had one of those. And it, it, the recipe wasn't the same. Yeah. You, you're, you're not a huge fan of, a of it either? No. Because I know you and I both are agreement that browns are delicious. But yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Yes. It's not It's not the best one. I mean, I'd rather just go for like a fat tire probably. We're going just for brown stuff. <laughs> or uh, Oh, man. How can you pass up a moose drool? Moose drool. Like the ultimate brown. Or uh, what's the other one? What's that real famous mass-produced brown? Newcastle. Newcastle. That's the one. Yeah. So sorry, Bitterroot, if you're listening for any reason. I don't know why you would be. But, uh, not my hair brown. <laughs> I'm not usually too critical of beers on here, but uh, you know this one's just I'm not feeling it. It was because earlier earlier in the night, and I'm my senses are more awake, and I'm just I'm like I'm being more judgmental. What do you got over there, fully? <laughs> I, I can't wait to one of these days where we have like cracked a beer on the episode and be like, oh, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> it's like spit, just spit into your microphone. That'd take a pretty bad beer. I guess got power through it. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, I got one because of you today, bro. I was at uh I was I was at the grocery store and and I had something in my cart already. I was excited for it. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna go with the rainier. I, I was putting some effort into it. I was pushing my <laughs> cart down the aisle. <laughs> I forgot you've been and drinking nothing I but saw the something. Belgrade Coronas. Yes, yeah, pretty much, right? And I got something from Scuttlebutt, and that's over in Everett. That's uh, Scuttlebutt that's has some good, woods, right? Good ones. What you pick? Yeah, uh, they're amber ale. Their amber is really good. Amber ale. Yeah, I've I've never seen it. Uh, this was the first time. It's bright red can. Obviously, it caught my eye. Striking, uh, delicious. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. It's not as good as the Perry Street uh, Amber, which is probably like top three beer in my book. At this point, I have a crowler of that uh, given to me. Uh, it's in my fridge, but it's pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's gonna, not bad. I'd put the Scuttlebutt's Amber like one step above like Alaskan Amber. Yeah. Right right That's in that same kind good. of same, that same area. Like Alaska's good, but I think that the Scuttlebutt's a little notch above it. So for like a mass produced, yeah, like e- easily that. accessible beer, I don't know if it's available outside of Washington, but you know, I've had it before. It's it's pretty darn tasty. It's a good Amber. Mm. And a cool name, right Scuttlebutt Luggett. Yeah. What, is that the brewery's name, Scuttlebutt? Because yeah. I've seen it on the cans. I didn't know if that... Okay, cool. Yeah, it yeah, is Scuttlebutt. Right. Well, before we get into the defensive stuff, I just want to give a shout-out to Lance McCutcheon for just balling out two days ago. Woo! You know, shout-out to him. Like, uh, amazing, right? Like, I was glued to my phone. Just watching ESPN updates drive per drive, I couldn't see that. It was all like NFL Network. I don't know. Did you watch the game? I have no. I was at the fair. Yeah. As of the state fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the interview thereafter with uh, Daniel Hardy and Lance McCutcheon. It's just so cool. The vibe that's coming out of LA for Montana. See those boys rocking over there. So Daniel Hardy. I didn't catch. I tried to look a little online today to see how Lewis Kidd did. I saw Trey Webb get some stats. Uh, Kevin Cassis had like one catch for minus 10 yards. So I, saw <laughs> I don't that. know if like, that was like behind the line there? of scrimmage. I don't know. And then uh, Trey Anderson didn't play. It was uh, I don't know if he's nursing an injury over there. It's, I think but he that kind of gave me a little hamstring. bit of a wincing. <sighs> That's not good, man. Hammies are hard to come out of. So 
Uh, Ooh, but that's pretty awesome. Kind of I mean, like, my breath for Troy. I was so excited watching Lance McCutcheon highlights and like all the social media push from the, the Rams Twitter account, which I naturally follow because I am a Rams fan. So this is like doubly cool for yeah. me. Um, I mean, it's yeah. good exposure. It's good press for the Bobcats. Like it's good exposure for, for Montana sure. state university. It's awesome, man. Like it's just a preseason game. So it's not like as big as it would be if this was happening, like in a week six game against like Kansas city or something, <laughs> but you know, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Getting, getting that out there. And it's a cool feeling being an alumni and a fan of a team, uh, where, you know, there's players that you're an alumni of the school that are playing for your, your favorite NFL team. It's pretty cool. Like, I can see how it'd be pretty awesome if you were, like, an Eastern Washington fan and just watching Cooper Cup just tear it up all the time. Like, that'd be so cool. Like the, We've had some, yeah. you know, Bobcats in the NFL, but nobody, like, dominant for, you know, in our, in our lifetimes anyway. So that's pretty cool. To see Lance McCutcheon well, that do his first thing. touchdown he caught. Quintessential. Somebody said it was, like... Yeah, there's a quintessential Lance ball. And somebody said, well, that's a 50-50 ball. And then somebody on Bobcat Nation goes, no, that's like an 80-20 ball for Lance. And I was like, that's such a good line right there. Yeah, it's an 80-20 ball. It is an 80-20 Lance. <laughs> I mean, 50-50 for normal wide receivers, sure. Yeah. And then it even looked more impressive when they you saw like a still of it. The Rams put out like a picture of it. Like he like reached basically over the top of the falling down defender. The chaos mm-hmm. a hard catch. And that's one thing that, you know, I've, to note on this is like, it's one thing to have like a good preseason game where you have a, you know, two touchdowns, there's blown coverage or something like that. This was, no, the two touchdowns Lance had were real man touchdowns. Like both of them were just <laughs> physical. Like that's the plays that, you know, if you can make that in a real season, you got a chance to stick around the team. They weren't like, he just happened to be wide open sitting in the end zone by himself or something lucky like that. He earned those. So that could go a long ways to him making the, making the roster. In the end zone, I think on his first one, I saw J.J. Koski from Cal Poly yeah, give yeah. him like a high five. I was like, holy cow, they got a lot of FCS Big Sky flair on yeah. Rams right now. Yeah, he's been, Koski's been kicking around for a couple years in the practice squad. I don't, I don't think he's ever made the 53 man, but he's he's hanging around. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Probably, oh, probably the only right guy on. in the NFL from Cal Poly is a wide receiver from when they were triple option. Like, that's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> So now we have to replace all those guys we just talked about. I mean, you lose guys like Troy, Hardy, Williams, Benson, Webb. Those are just defensive players. But then you think about Lance McCutcheon, and next year we'll lose a Fonse. I mean, guys that are define your program, right? That's like the biggest. <laughs> One last thought on McCutcheon. Yeah, go ahead. Was, uh, I kind of was thinking, I was like, I wonder if Jeff Choate was kicking himself a little bit for not using him as much as we probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, I honestly don't think Lance was really ready at, to, for that kind of season, at, at least not until he was a junior. Well, he wasn't physically there. I mean, it took some development. Like, Plus, he was behind two other guys that are in the NFL right now. Kevin Cassis. Well, I guess Travis Jones is not in the NFL anymore because of a, a little mishap that he had on the personal side. But he was in the NFL. He was behind two NFL receivers. Like The Bobcats yeah. have had... It's a good point. Amazingly good receivers for being a completely run-oriented team. So, I mean, who's Lance getting touches from when Travis Johnson and Kevin Cassis are on the field? <laughs> or, or uh, like, uh, before that, like, uh, Mitch Mitch Herbert or, you know, there's there's been a good lineage of wide receivers. Uh, Lance has come a long way from, like, a scrawny, athletic, raw freshman to the man he became <laughs> that senior year. Yeah, he's full-grown man. 
So buy or sell Lance makes the 53 man roster. So as a Rams fan, I have like more intimate knowledge maybe than other people just like, you're like, Oh, get him a spot, get him a spot. We have to start thinking about, okay, well who gets cut? And that's where you really start to think about it. I think I, I, I will buy it. I think he will impress Sean McVay enough. I think the Rams could potentially add seven wide receivers. And I think, uh, you know, there's a couple guys on the outside the top five on the Rams roster who, you know, might not get their contracts renewed. So it's possible unless they resign hmm. Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. Then he's, then he's toast, which I don't think the Rams will. He got a thing like this, this week has got to be a big week for him. Like yeah. another prove it kind of deal. So if he keep, if he keeps doing open, that, man, open, right? I think the Rams will put him on there just because if they put him on the practice squad, I think they'd be afraid someone else would snag him. That's kind of what you have to do. Yeah. If they don't want anyone else to take him, they got to put him on the on the active. It's a lot of work keeping up with these Bobcats in the pros. I mean, you're looking for stats all over right now. It is awesome. It It really is a lot of fun. So, well, uh, good luck to Lance and Daniel out there in L.A. and Trey and Troy over in Atlanta and Kevin in Seattle. And Lewis in St. Louis. Look at all those, look at all those Bobcats <laughs> in the pros. Love not it. St. Louis, uh, New Orleans. No lie. My bad, my bad. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into meat and potatoes of this. Let's talk defense, man. So uh, last year we had a... I, I probably should research this, but I think we were probably the best... No, the Grizzlies were the best defense in the big sky, but I think we were probably maybe just slightly there behind. How do you want best, to probably. quantify the best defense? <laughs> Yeah, I'm serious. Like, is it points per game? Is it, uh, I mean, there's lots of ways you can look at it. Yeah, there is a lot of metrics that go into that. The Bobcats had the best scoring defense in the entire Big Sky Conference last year, better than the Grizz. We did? Mm -hmm. Nice. That's good stuff. Even after giving up 28 or whatever in the the title game, too. (laughs) Yeah. We, We lose Freddie Banks, and Freddie was... We didn't know much about him coming in last year, but by the end of the year, I was like, man, can we keep that guy? Freddie Banks is a rising star. He is. He he's will a, be a head coach. He's a hell of a coach. And he's <laughs> <laughs> like one of those guys, like you look back, like we were lucky to have him for one year. Oh, yeah. And now we have Willie Matt Garza, who's had a cup of tea with about everybody, but most notably recently, USC, he's a defensive backs kind of guy. Like he is, he comes from the same... A North Dakota State tree that seems vegan is just like populating yeah. our coaching staff with. So I don't think what we'll see from him will be all that different as far as scheme goes, because I think they do what they do. We might have a couple of new wrinkles in as far as pressures and whatnot, but the terminology is going to be the same. As far as the players are going, you got to think that's going to be really nice for them. Like I'm, I was thinking about Justin, or not Justin Udy, Taylor Housewright, like as, as far as the offense goes, like having Taylor Housewright for the second year, like when's the last time we've had the same offensive coordinator? But to have like a Willie Mack to come in after Freddie Banks, well, at least for at least he's going to have the same terminology. He he he's under that same tree, and uh, from what I've heard, Ryan players really like Willie. Like they say, he makes it fun. He's a he's a really knowledgeable guy. He teaches them well. He's a good teacher. Uh, what what are your thoughts on Willie? You know, I haven't really heard all that much about him. Um, all the content yeah. that I consume, I haven't really actually heard a whole lot of talk about. Uh, mm. Willie back there. I I listened to what was it? Um, Nuan is now they're interviewing Nolan Askelson. I think he talked a little bit about uh yeah. Willie Matt Garza and just like 
mostly how the defense will largely be the same with a few new wrinkles in there that'll help him out. I think is something like Askelson said, but other than that, I haven't really heard about if the players like him, but that was, that was exactly how it was with Freddie Banks. Remember last year we were like yeah. searching for like, what do people think about Freddie Banks? And there was like hardly anything about the guy anywhere. Like no reports about how the defense is looking or in terms of like scheme or do people like Freddie Banks and all of a sudden he's like the best defensive coordinator we've had in quite some time, I think. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. I trust, <laughs> I trust Vegan. It's good to have a guy who's ran the same system, who's worked with Vegan before, comes from sort of that NDSU, that same kind of coaching tree, I guess, that Freddie Banks came from. I think they're from the same coaching tree. So I think that's just good for continuity, if anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. They'll probably have the same calls in the way we practice. We, this keeps coming up in this fall, this double rep practice, the splitting of the fields. These guys are getting reps as, as the starters are right. The, the junior, the JV yeah. guys are getting the same reps as the varsity guys essentially. And so if, uh, if, and when a starter goes down, those backups are ready. They, they know the terminology. They know the plays. They know what, what looks they're getting. So that's, that's, that's something to be like, you know, put that in your pocket and think about that through the season, because I think that's going to come up more and more. For sure. Well, what are some of the other big headlines besides the defensive coordinator change? What else you got? What else you want to talk about? Or do you just want to dive right into the personnel stuff? Yeah. Just acknowledge again that we lost Troy and we're not going to try to replace Troy. And then Bobcat front has said the very, very uh, like, Hey, we're not going to replace Troy. We We're not going to try to replace Troy. Yeah, we can't replace Troy. And that's good. They know that. Uh, you know, replacing Hardy, Amandre Williams, Chase Benson, Trey Webb seems like a, a tall task, and it really is. And we'll get into the let's start just getting into the guys that are going to be the names that are going to replace him. Let's go down. Let's do this. Let's talk defensive line, linebackers corners and then safeties sounds good each level all right. <laughs> go back the levels it all starts up front right, that's the most important line. position group in football really the lines offensive line and defensive line you're not going anywhere without a at least a, a competent one of each and man it's gonna be tough to replace chase benson who got his accolades eventually Daniel Hardy, who's obviously getting tons of accolades right now, and while he was a senior at MSU. And then Amandre Williams, who was honestly pretty underappreciated that senior year of his. He was able to do a lot of things with this athleticism, I think, that went unrecognized. But we got mm-hmm. a rising star. I think that's pretty clear based on his preseason all-conference pick in Brody Greeby, probably starting at the defensive end, I believe, at the, I assume at the strong yeah, side. Let's do that. I think he's going to be the the bigger of the two defensive ends. You got Blake Schmidt, I think, is going to start on the interior. Is that right? Before I even go too far here. They have, yeah, Blake Schmidt is who the, I'm looking at the the summer depth chart, which it, who knows, that might be changing. But I do believe Blake Schmidt will win the job there, 6'2", 288. Next to him, I think probably going to be the, the biggest riser, if you want to talk about a breakout player type guy, Sebastian Valdez, 6'3". This says 278. I thought I heard he's up to like more closer to 290. Yeah. Someone said he put on like 30 pounds or something. Yeah, there's an article like 20, <laughs> 20 pounds. Of, uh, yeah, he looks good too. Like I've seen videos of him. He look, it's not like a big, you know, 
He's still lean, all lean as all get out. So 6'3", between 280 and 290, we'll say somewhere in there. And then I think it's going to be Ben Seymour on the other side at the other end position. A guy who's played some snaps, been hurt on and off, but has got some ability as a pass rusher in particular, uh, 6'2", 235. So I think that's going to be the starting defensive line. But as we know, under 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 Vegan, you know, plenty of other guys are going to get opportunities besides those, quote, starters, quote. And that'll be the the secret to our success. If we can roll out probably, you know, 10 defensive linemen or, you know, guys on the front there, we're, we're going to need them all. Do we uh, have to, 10? To go the length that we want. Yeah. You think we got 10 guys that can uh, roll in and out right now? Well, probably close to. I mean, we got guys that have a lot of played time there behind them. So Blake Hill is a guy that is on the interior that's going to back up Blake Schmidt. He was a guy that we saw last year. He's a junior. Blake Schmidt and Sebastian Valdez, those are the guys that you're going to hear for the next couple of years. Sebastian Valdez is going to be an all-conference kind of guy. Blake Schmidt's probably got that uh, in him as well. And, I, I, you know, to me, like Val- Valdez, when I was looking through the preseason stuff, he wasn't on any like preseason big sky all conference to me. He probably will be though. I think he will be like at the end of the year. Yeah. He's going to be first, you know, first team, second team, who knows? He's got that kind of potential. Uh, yeah, I think so. Ryan, I think, uh, Zach black is a, another guy that they're really high on right now. And he's put on a lot of good weight. We hear he's mean. He's got a mean streak. He's fierce. He's tough. Uh, that's, that's a guy that, uh, I was listening to Coulter's breakdown on all the players. He spent a good like minute talking about him. And, uh, you know, when Coulter's got some news on a guy, that's that's pretty good stuff right there. So I'm excited to see what Zach Black can do. Yeah, I think we got about 10 guys. Yeah, Zach Black's listed at 260. I think I've heard he's up higher too. No. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Dan Ogden, prime example. Dan Ogden only played at like 270. <laughs> choo right? Yeah, choo choo <laughs> Dan Ogden. He wasn't a real big guy. He was about 6'2, six, 6'1. Little bowling ball guy. So, I mean, if you're coming in and all you got to do is go high energy and then you know you can come off the field, that's where guys like a Zach Black can come in, just be an animal, and then they take him off. Because you're not, we're not asking anybody to play stem to stern on the defensive line. No, no. So, I think, I think we've got a good core there. And then uh, at the other two defensive end spots, I think you're going to see probably a lot of Kenneth Iden coming in. He might, he might be a kind of the Amandre Williams mold where he can kind of go inside or outside. At six one two fifty, I think he's got some capability for both of that. Kyle Rigg, I don't know his status. He was injured at the start of camp. I don't know if he's fully healthy, but he was the starter oh, last man. year at Wyoming yeah. for like two plays. Mm-hmm. But he's 6'5", 274, 280, somewhere in that range. So he'll be a guy that could plug up the middle as well. And then uh, I've heard good things about David Alston in terms of his development when he yeah. came in. He was just a guy that like was just getting blown off the ball. And like for a guy who transferred from Nebraska... Like he's got the, he's got that body you want, but he just, you know, he, he wasn't coached up yet. And I think he's made a lot of strides and I, I think he's going to guy it can contribute. So that's what nine guys we're talking about right there. And then the other guy who's been in the program for quite a while, you kind of forget about him is, uh, uh, where, where did it go? Um, oh my gosh, this is good podcast right now. I had him written down. There's one more guy. That's kind of like the. Uh, ben Seymour, who's been there There's for a guy while. There's Devin Slaughter. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Slaughter is an interesting story. I don't know story anything about was, that guy. He was like a, what, a, a military guy. 
So his clock hasn't started. I think oh, he walked on. Him. He walked on to Oregon <laughs> State, I think, and then like I don't know if he quit school and then went into the army or something. And now he's like twenty six year old, like sophomore or something like that, because it paused his eligibility. I don't know. He's a, he's a big dude, big strong dude. The guy I'm thinking of is Tyson Regenball, is is who I was trying to get around oh, to yeah. saying. So he's a guy that's been hurt. I think he's been there since like 2018 or 19. He's been in the program a while at this point. He's a JC guy. So there you go. I think there's 10 guys that can contribute right away uh, that we can rely on. So I think the defensive line is deep. Um, Are they going to be as good as last year? It's hard to think that they will be. But if last year was a 10 out of 10, I think this, this defensive line has a capability of being of like an eight and a half or a nine out of 10, which is still, still very good. No, man, yeah. I mean, it's tons of young guys coming up, guys that are hungry to prove themselves. I like it, Ryan. The more and more I look at this defense, the more and more I look at the Bobcats in general, like we lose the star power, that's for sure. But I'm seeing up in the ranks that all these guys are coming up, just names. I'm like, yeah, that that guy's going to prove himself. Like, I'm looking at this defense. We got probably two guys that are all conference. Brody Greeby and... Seabass, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, we're going to hear, like, before, in a couple of years, well, Zach Black, uh, Blake Schmidt, all these guys are just going to be all-conference kind of guys that are just going to be dudes. And that's what it's going to take. Like, my eyes were literally open when we went to the national championship and I watched North Dakota State a lot. Specifically, looking at those lines, you're like, yeah, they don't have anybody, like, outstanding like or big or bigger than we do but they just got dudes and dudes and dudes that look just like that and perform like that and we're starting to build our depth i like that man i agree um my only concern on this defensive line i guess is their run stopping ability i think we're going to be good at getting after the passer Roby, i think will be one of the pass rushing ends ben seymour that's kind of what he does i'm a little bit worried about containing the run uh, but that's my only real concern with them, I guess, is just kind of getting blown off the line in terms of like power running football, which of course bodes really poorly if we end up playing the Bison again. But they have a lot of the season to develop in that regard. Yeah, and well, maybe we might use the, the the linebackers a little bit different as yep. well. We might plug some gaps right there and rush those guys a little bit more. I don't know. Or bring Tayokata up for run support, which he is very good at. We just yeah. haven't had to do a whole lot of, but he's very good at that. I mean, there's there's things you can do right. if if that's if that is the case, but maybe it's not the case. Like this is me as a fan, not in camp, not watching practice. It's complete speculation. Looking at, let's be honest, speculation weights that are probably inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> they always are. So who knows? Who knows yeah. what it's really like out there? But you know, the double rep thing, I think, is what's going to really pay dividends. And they, these guys are like, you know. COVID young too. If we're talking about the offensive line being COVID young, these guys have all been in the program for, for a sure. few years. Coach Vegan's son is playing defensive line. Yep. That's cool. I don't think he's in the top 10 rotation. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's 200 pounds. <laughs> he's he's got to put some go weight there. On. Yeah. Feed that kid some hard boiled eggs. Let's go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> put him in the, the swag and don't let him come out. Hey, uh, buy or sell question since we're right here. Ooh. I know we had one on right. on the website that's perfect for this. Uh, I, I pulled it. I don't have it up in front of me, but there's buy or sell about the defensive line having more sacks than they did last year. Right? Ooh, uh, yeah, Technocat. 
Fire sale, our defensive line will have more sacks than last year. So defensive line. And let's let's uh, let's just assume this is regular season. Because it's not fair to assume they'll make it to the national championship again. So let's say regular season. I'll probably sell that. I don't think they'll have as many. Yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning to. It's hard to replace that explosiveness from Daniel Hardy. Yes. Although Brody Greeby might have that. He might he develop might. into that. He, I mean, he's... Yeah. Let's, like, he is like Troy Anderson, like, light, right? He's He's got like, the same kind mm-hmm. of background and, like, all state in every single sport and everything he touches turns to gold. I and mean, he's that kind of athlete. So maybe he's got it in him, too. Why not? Yeah. And if, if those other three guys are it's doing their job, close. then... I mean, Ben Seymour, he's a pass rush guy. Like, if those other guys are eating up four blocks, you put Ben Seymour in one-on-one with guy, he's going to win some of those battles. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's going to be close. Like, I would say, to yes. Technocats, uh, uh, buy or sell, like, if it's not, like, it's not going to be drastically. Like, if we're under, if if we're over, it's not. It's not I think it's going to be close. We go, like, stocked, like, Wall Street here buy, sell, or hold, and hold means it's going to be exactly the same. <laughs> I like it. Let's adopt that. I like that. I'm holding. Right on. I don't know how many sacks we had last year, but it, um, I'm going to hold. Hold. All right. Bob let's talk about head. our linebackers. Yeah, let's talk about the linebackers. Go ahead. I was going to look at, st- I was looking at well, stats. <laughs> we lost the best Bobcat that ever lived. Troy Anderson. Oh He's my gone. gosh! Please retire his number. Sidebar. Right? They they need to. That's uh, that should be. I don't care if it doesn't make any sense. The guy is like the most bobcattiest bobcat of our lifetime. Bobcat. Like, what else do you need? <laughs> he didn't win a national championship. That's like his only thing he didn't do. What he played the in one. Bobcattiest bobcat. <laughs> Uh, the barley beer may not taste really good, but it's uh, you know, it's doing what beer should. So yeah, it's like the lips. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have some returning Letterman, Nolan Askelson, who I I thought he got injured in like Wyoming last yeah, year. Yeah, I think but he did. I think I might be wrong. I think he did. Okay, I Wyoming right. or somewhere there close thereafter. He was. You and I were talking about Nolan last year. We we're like. Nolan's a little faster to ball than Troy is. Troy was kind of having his bearings set a little bit different last year as he was transitioning yet again to a different position. Nolan was playing lights out like yeah. early on in I mean, the if season. You're, like, if you're talking man, he was like a dude. how good they were as just actual like productive linebackers, like Troy was probably third at the at the beginning of the season. Like Callahan O'Reilly and yeah. Nolan Askelson are probably better linebackers at that time than Troy. Based on just their yeah. okay experience and their actually like production. Well, so Callahan O'Reilly is just starting. Will Nolan's backing him up. Callahan O'Reilly deserves everything he he's got. We hear he's like a coach on the field. He's just like that old salty veteran that you know he's not going to be Troy. We're, and I don't want to sit here and compare our linebackers to Troy. Let's just put that in the review and just call Callahan who he is. I've always caught it and thought uh, Callahan's been kind of slow foot, but he's proven me wrong what? a little bit. He's tough. I don't think Callahan's slow at all. I've never thought him. 
well, you know, this maybe maybe it's just me, but uh, I've never been like super high on his speed. He housed a fake punt for like seventy yards. Was that him? Yeah, <laughs> Northern Colorado. That was like two years ago, like two thousand nineteen. Yeah, is that him? He was like in yeah. the up back, you know, position, and he did. I don't took think the fake- it was Callahan that did that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Come on, someone get at us. Are we wrong? Who did that? <laughs> it was somebody else. It was someone else. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So Callahan O'Reilly, Ryan, he was second team all conference. Uh, I, I believe so. Yes, I don't have that information in front of me. I yeah, should have. Preseason would have been smart thing team. to do, but yes, he's preseason all conference, not first team. Okay. All right. Well, replacing Mike, let's move on over to the guys who are replacing Troy. Uh, we have Danny Yu, Danny Yu Lalakipa. Hopefully, I say that right. I heard you're supposed to pronounce all the vowels when you see like an <laughs> Islander's name. Uh, so if that's the case, I pronounced it wrong. I'm sorry, Danny. Danny's been kind of a guy like social media likes to put Danny out there. The Instagram, the Twitter. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good looking dude. So the, he's, a, he's a charismatic guy. And uh, I haven't seen him play a lot of football. So I'm like, we hear good things about Danny you, but like, he's hurt, I can't tell he? you how much I've seen him. Danny? Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's practicing right now. I'm not sure. I saw him in like an Instagram post the other day. No, he's he's got pads on. Is he? Because he was hurt in the in the spring game. I know that much. I thought he was still like coming back. Yeah, maybe he's back now. Maybe it was. Anyway, yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot of him spot duty here and there. But guy's got a ton of hype coming out of a good yeah good program and a good football area over here in uh, my neck of the woods down in like south of Seattle. So excited to see what he can do. I think he'll be the starter. Uh, I think he's listed on the depth chart as a starter. I mean, Mac Johnson, I think will push him guy or I'm sorry, Alex Johnson. Where did I get Mac Alex. at? Uh, Alex Johnson from Helena. High question mark. I should know these things. I have, the, I have the roster in front of me. Maybe I should click over to it. And look at it. He's a math uh, major. Yeah. That's Helena. Cool. Yeah. Helena. There you go. Six, three, two Oh seven. He's going to push him, but I think it's going to be Danny Yu, but I also think it's going to probably be a little bit of a committee situation, kind of, you know, dependent on the situation. But I think Callahan will be there the whole time, and they might kind of rotate the other spot a little bit. But I honestly think, I think the linebacker group's going to be great. Like, it's it's impossible to replace Troy, and, they've, and they know that. And like you said, they've talked about that. They're not trying to. That would be foolish to try to do that, to basically, like, have one guy bail out the defense. Cause uh, let's be honest, Troy did bail out the defense from time to time. The defense would have been good regardless, but there's a couple touchdowns here and there that Troy Anderson single-handedly saved with his insane athleticism. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to, they're good tacklers. They're sure tacklers. I think they have enough speed, more speed than you probably think, especially more speed than you probably think fully because you think Callahan's slow. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good group, man. I, I'm excited to see it, to, to see what they can do, to see the progress of some of the guys no, who've been waiting their turn Callahan's behind. Troy. Necessarily, I don't think Callahan's necessarily slow. I just don't think he's fast. So, anyways, <laughs> if you're not fast, you're slow. It's a young group. Like our linebackers are a young group. The all the all the guys behind them. We, we I mean, hey, let's let's besides Jory Choate, who's somehow a senior, we have uh, Jace right. Fitzgerald and. Neil Daly and McKay O'Reilly, Callahan's brother. There you go. Yep. Ryan Cray. 
So, anyway, Gerald, a lot of, a lot of guys, younger brother, yeah, a lot of guys coming up through the ranks. Hmm. A lot of unproven guys. Like, yeah, you said it right. I was, I'm really interested in this Danny Yu guy. Like you said, he's got a lot of hype. Now he's just got to deliver. I want to see him lay the wood out there. Come on now. Interestingly enough, I'm looking at the, on the roster. They got Kenneth Iden listed at linebacker on the roster. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Pretty sure he's defensive end. That's like, probably. Could be kind of that, uh, you know, the, um, the old buck type hybrid spot. We don't play that though. We don't, but I'm saying like he could be a kind of a hybrid guy where they're going to ask him to do a couple things, but yeah, we don't really do that anymore. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Got it. All right. He's listed. Let's talk nickel. Well, there is only one guy to talk about nickel. The Ty Okada stud. One of the biggest, Man, I feel so bad. One of the biggest body transformations you'll see. In college, Ty Okada and Kevin Cassis is in this boat as well. Just guys that came in just like his bean poles. <laughs> now there's complete. Like, Ty, Ty Okada is yoked. He is, man. And I, <laughs> I interviewed him and I pushed the wrong button on our little yes. thing that we ordered. We would have some audio and at this point. This would be perfect segue to play up. some Ty Okada interview but uh you know what happens man happens. so we're not professionals so polished man he's so polished in his answers and all the fun stuff that i asked him he he had all those those right answers just like he does every time he he goes on the media so yeah tyle kata i think tyle kata is the ultimate leader on this team he is he is uh he is the voice when it comes down to the dudes in the clubhouse tyle kata's he's up there Oh, for sure. I have zero questions or reservations about Tayo Kata. I think he's first team all conference caliber. I think he was third team preseason, which is good to see him get on that list. Uh I you know, I wouldn't I don't think there's anybody else in the conference I'd pick over Tayo Kata, especially the other he's- similar player over the hill. Uh the thing the only thing I have about <laughs> Tayo Kata um, number thirty seven. Yeah, number <laughs> The new number 37, Robbie Hauk, everybody. <laughs> All right. We weren't going to talk about it, but here we are talking about it. The drama going over to number 37 over Missoula. It's so shady, dude. I hope it tears the whole well, team apart. Good. <laughs> if you don't know, we'll give a re- quick recap, and we're going to push on from this. Number 37, legacy number over in Missoula. Jace Lewis wore it last year. He passed it down to Marcus Wellnell. Marcus Wellnell. Then uh, yeah. no, they announced Jace... Announced it on Twitter. I think Marcus Wellnow announced it on Twitter. The Grizz Facebook and all, like they put pictures of, I think they photoshopped number 37 on a Wellnow and they started pushing out all this stuff. Ball camp starts in Missoula. There's no number 37. When asked about it, Bobby Houck just said, oh, well, you know, I don't, I'm not really qualified to comment at, at the time. There's got there's more consulting that needs to be done, <laughs> which... You know, in my opinion, and this is uh, we've we've heard this. We've had uh, some. We we do have some sources here and there. We don't usually talk about anything like that, but a few sources I've had uh, confirmed the initial suspicion is that you know Bobby wants his little kid to be number thirty-seven. I'm not confirming that. That's just a complete rumor. Please don't come at us, Grizz fans. But uh, there's some drama. However you want to spin it, confirming it. However you want to spin it is drama, and I hope it tears that locker room apart. I hope we have a schism. You remember that whole Brett Favre, Minnesota schism thing? If you're old enough to remember that garbage. (laughs) Schism. (laughs) 
<laughs> tearing me apart, Bobby. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Ty Okada. I um, love it, man. It's the the only downside to Ty Okada is he is a little. What, what do you like to say? Guys who get injured get injured. Yeah, that's this whole thing. I'm like. Yeah. Fingers crossed over here, dude. So let's talk a little Hit bit about. It. Let's just let's. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping he's healthy, and yeah. I, I think he can ha- be healthy yeah. all season. But he's gonna he's gonna have to come out at some point, I'm sure. Who who backs up Tayokata at the nickel spot? Tyrell Thomas currently injured at the start of camp. Well, I have, I don't know what his Jr. status. Lavelle Price Jr. is. So you think he is a nickel? I know he's listed as the nickel, but do you think he is a nickel? Yeah, I do. I mean, he's he weighs. One less pound than Okada, according to the depth chart, and he's three inches shorter, which just means obviously more muscles, right? Um, I like what I've seen of Lavelle Price Jr. I don't know if, if he's. I, I've liked what I've seen out of out of coverage. I don't know if I've seen him tackle a lot because you got to tackle a lot in MSU's nickel system. Yeah. That's where Ty gets uh, messed up is he, he gets his nose in the box and, and, you know, he dives at the legs and takes down these these guys behind the line and he's messing up his collarbone. Yeah. I I don't know a lot about Lavelle. Like, he's been, he's a junior. We haven't seen him play. Is he already a, a junior? Yeah. That's how it works sometimes, man. You got these guys that are like are hyped up freshmen and you pay attention to them and all of a sudden they're juniors and they haven't played at all. I'm like, how, how did this happen? How old yeah. am I? <laughs> Yeah, I like the nickel position. It's probably one of my favorite positions on the football field, honestly, because you 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 can do a ton. You you're asked to do a ton, and you can be a vocal leader like Ty is. It's an exciting position to watch. My eyes tend to go to the nickel position when, when we play football. When you know, I watch, you know who would have been a really say. really fantastic nickel? Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson. <laughs> he kind of was. He kind of I mean, was. They asked him to the kind way of they be, played him at Mike. They he yeah. kind of was. He was like the the dime essentially. Yeah, but imagine him having to do that without having to be taking on any offensive lineman blockers. Just complete freedom yeah. to run. Woo. And that's what I think the the Falcons should use him as. Yeah, I don't. Even, I honestly don't even know what kind of defense the Falcons runs. I think it's a four three. It's pretty traditional yeah. in the NFL. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty curious to see how they use him. Well, we're set at nickel. Um, I think regardless of who comes in back up, I hope Terrell Thomas comes healthy because I think that's kind of his natural position at this point too. Did Ryland been a long time. replace him? Was that last year? Wasn't Ryland Ort the guy that replaced Ty yeah, on I the think, nickel last year? I think year? Ort did come in at the nickel spot. Um, yeah. Let's move on to cornerback. Devin Man. Davis is listed over. I kind of don't Campbell. want to. Why? Because because that's a lot of dudes we have quarterback. Like we have a lot of talented dudes. I don't know how we're going to make sense of this. Well, um, I guess let's let's you and I project who thinks going to start. I think Simeon Woodard's obviously got that corner corner spot locked down. Five ten, one seventy, um, sophomore, one of the fastest risers on the team last year. I think he's primed for a great season. Love the way that guy plays. Great plays hair. way bigger. And 5'10", 170. He's a hard hitter. He plays with a lot of tenacity. Gotta love a guy like that. Their spot, I think, he's is got worth the that. attitude. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got some uh, swag. Some of that Texas swag. He's a Texan, right? Yep. All right. So their spot's the part that's a little bit more open. And 
I'm almost surprised. I was surprised to see um who do they have listed over James Campbell senior converted Devin Davis. Yeah, Devin Davis. The guy good size, six one one ninety seven, uh freshman, but uh you know, he hasn't really played at all. And James Campbell played last year and I thought he played pretty well at cornerback. So they're both six one. Uh Davis D- Davis has got twenty four pounds on him, but you know, Campbell's a speedster and I think he transitioned naturally to cornerback, so I was a little surprised. But what do you think about that uh, position opposite of Woodard? It's hard, man. It's really hard to think about the corners because you and I get to watch the spring game and whatever game is online, right? So I feel like when we last watched Bobcat football in the what's the spring game that we have? What's it called? Sunny Holland, Holland Classic or yeah, something Sunny like Holland's that? Scrimmage. Yeah, I I just write so many notes. I'm like, man. There it is. That guy's looking good. That guy's doing a good pick. Oh, man, that guy has a pick, too. I was just like, holy cow, there's so many corners. Miles Jackson, Devin Davis, all these names that like I feel like I know a little bit about. But that's really it. I know a little bit about a lot of these guys, and it feels like they're all like dudes. You're like, you hear good things. You're like, wow, that guy's going to be a good player. Look at him. He's rising up on the depth chart. I got to see him play, Ryan. I got to see him yeah. play. Yeah, I don't actually remember Devin Davis too much from the scrimmage. I, I know no. he played, and I'm pretty sure, you know, I just, it doesn't ring a bell to me. I mean, the guy who, look, thinking back on it, that stood out is obviously Drew Polidor, the transfer from Air Force, who had like, what, three interceptions, all from John Chambers, um, two or three, I can't remember. And he's been a little bit hampered. And I read in a, tucked away in a Skyline article was that um, Drew Polidor is in the mix at safety. So I'm not even sure Polidor is at the mix at cornerback at the moment. I think I think what you said though is a testament to how deep the whole room is. Yeah. You got a bunch of guys that you can't really identify, but they but they all are effective. It's kind of like the defensive line. Like it's this rotation of talented guys, and maybe outside of Wood, or maybe them none of them are all conference type guys, but they're all like right there. And it just goes like four or five deep which is, you know, a good place to be. The cornerback's a hard place to recruit. And as the Big Sky Big Sky Conference kind of almost transitions to more of a running back conference. Like it's not as pass happy as it used to be. So that's an that's an interesting uh conversation for later, I guess, but I like I like this group, man. I, I like the cornerbacks. I think no matter who you roll out there, you know, I'm feel I'm feeling good. I don't think there's any weak point. I think you can go 6 weak point. You can go six cornerbacks and feel pretty good about any one of them. What? What are you laughing at? The name that uh, I've heard (laughs) from Willie Mack is Takari Carr, a freshman for us. He might be one of the the guys, a true freshman, that might be getting some playing time. So there's a name that you should watch out for as well. So Yeah, Cade Cutler, another guy from Phillipsburg, man. We've heard a lot of good things about him too, I think. So I'm going to put on the hot take chain right now. I got a chain that you can't see. I'm going to put it. I think Montana State secondary is the best secondary in the Big Sky Conference. That is a bold claim. I think the Grizz have a pretty good secondary. I think Justin Ford's legit. Not Jokes aside, I think Hauk is a solid run support safety. If you want a guy who can do it all, Hauk's not your guy. But if you want a guy who can... uh, Come up, come up and stick his nose in the pile. Helps your man, which is a perfect fit for the Grizz. I think we're right up there, though. I think this is a very good group. I like the safeties, which, which we're going to get to in a minute. 
I really, I really like it. I really like the the secondary. I think it's going to be potentially better than it was last year. Yeah. And that that we have a guy made, in the NFL right a lot. Now with Trey Webb. As long as we can replace somewhat of of Trey Webb's production and skill set, we will be very, very good. Yeah, that's the only start we lost. We have Willie Matt Garza as our defensive backs coach, and Bright. Brian Shepard, who's a first season at MSU. That's right. Willie Mack is like he's he's like a defensive back savant. So got a lot of good coaching back there, man. So I'm excited. And Willie Mack Garza might be the most experienced defensive coordinator we've ever hired. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, usually there's two ways it usually goes in the FCS. You get a guy who's like 23, who's coached for like two years. And the, or he's like, he was your linebackers coach last year. And they're like, all right, you're defense coordinator now, buddy. Or you get a guy who's on the very back end of his career, which is probably more of what Willie Mack is. But he's, he's got a lot of, a lot of stops, a lot of experience. And he's coached a lot of talented players. He's been at some big time programs. We'll see what he can do with that secondary. But, uh, you know who I'm excited to watch? Who guy who's pretty funny on social media, Jeff Manning. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Manning. You, you, t- you always tell me which way it, he prefers. I forget. Jeff. It's Jeff. Just Jeff. Jazzy, I think Jazzy so. Jeff, right? That's his, uh, is that his, uh, Twitter handle? Uh, I can't remember, man. But either way. I'm on Twitter so much anymore. That's right. You're Twitter absent. Uh, yeah, Jeff Manning, 6'1", 197 pounds, senior, transfer from Oregon State, had a great year last year. I think he's very good in pass coverage. He's a guy who could probably stick his nose in a little bit more. I know, especially was it, was it Manning who just completely whiffed against Tucker craft? Like just wanted none of that smoke in the South Dakota state game. Was that Manning? Who would want, um, not that Tucker I blame Kraft him. Smoke. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Tucker Guy's Kraft only would a junior you. this year. He was a sophomore last year. Are you kidding me? I thought he was a senior. Well, was, he didn't, didn't look like anybody I've ever seen. No. Unreal. He's like an offensive lineman who has like 4.8 speed, which 4.8's not slow. Like you think 4.8's slow, but 4.8's going to, when you're 290 pounds, it's plenty fast. I don't know how much he weighs, but it looks like he weighs 290. Oh, wow. That's probably exactly Tucker Craft is unreal. But anyway, I'll, you know, Jeff Manning is, is all conference safety material. I'm, I'm very comfortable in that spot. Um, the air spot is the part is the part where we're a little bit more open for competition. I think Ryland Ort was going to be the starter. Uh, he is allegedly suspended, I guess. Uh, fully doesn't believe me. And honestly, now I'm even questioning myself. I'm pretty sure he's suspended. I think Reddy Short's probably going to be the starter day one, though, against McNeese State. Yeah. Uh, Reddy Short transferred from Arizona, went to the same high school yeah. as Manning. And he's friends with Manning. Yeah, yeah he, they're, they're buddies. Those two are boys. So they're a couple yeah. of seniors. I think uh, Short's a grad transfer. I'm hoping that like he kind of came here with little fanfare. I'm kind of hoping it's a very similar situation to Trey Webb. Trey Webb, I think, had a lot more experience when he came from San Diego State. Like He was like all-conference honorable mention. The year before the previous mm-hmm. year, so he did have a lot more, um, you know, stats and better resume. Yeah. But Short's kind of in that same boat, so I think he's probably going to be the guy that uh, ends up starting because Eric Zambrano transferred out, or no, he I'm sorry, he left the team for personal reasons. I believe is what happened there, and if Ort suspended, can you rejoin the team in the middle of the year? Uh, for NCAA reasons, if he officially left, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's. Pro- I'm sure there's a way they could have 
done it in, in a in a situation where he could have returned, but uh, maybe not. Maybe I don't know. I I don't understand the rules there. Yeah. But yeah, it's either Randy Short or Kendrick Bailey, who's been with the team for a few years, or what what else we got there? We got uh, Tyson Pottinger and Eli yeah. Abbey would be the only other guys. I guess Connor Ryan we've heard a lot about too. So I mean, there's a few options, but nobody proven. So this is this is going to be the biggest question mark in the secondary is replacing Trey Webb. I know Montana State wants Jeff to speak up a little bit more, get a little better with his communication as far as his leadership goes. So you're going to be leaning on him. I, I think you're right, Ryan. Ready, short, Jeff Manning. Those are going to be your free safety, strong safety, day one. How do you feel I also about that? think losing Ryland Ort for those uh, six games, as you said, that's a, that's Ryan Thornburg saying that, not Ryan Foley, <laughs> hurts. Ryland Ort is, he's an up-and-coming like all conference player for us. He, he might not be that this year as a sophomore, but junior, senior, he's going to be developed into one of those type of dudes. But get Ryan Lort back right around, I don't know, Cat Grizz time, a week or two before Cat Grizz time, get his feet wet. That's good stuff right there. Tucked into a Skyline Sports article dated August 10th, roster continues to evolve for Bobcats entering Vegan's second season. Tucked way at the bottom. Ready Short, a 6'1", 195-pound graduate transfer from Arizona, is expected to be a front-runner to start at safety with junior Ryland Ort ineligible for the first half of the 2022 season. There you go. First half is at least five. Says Ryan Thornburg. Ryan Thornburg <laughs> quoting Coulter Nuanes. Uh The only other thing I would say about the safety group, I've heard really good things about Tyson Pottinger. Uh, yeah. He's from, where is he from, Ryan? I want to say Idaho, off the top of my head. Yeah, Coeur d'Alene. Yep, right. Uh, I heard he's a tough guy, moves well, fast, instinctual. So I'm looking forward to seeing some, seeing him. I, I, I really, I was really looking forward to seeing Zambrano as a safety. He yes, put on a lot of good weight. I was, yeah, he uh, was going to be he had a like family a, tragedy. Yeah. So I, I feel bad for him, but yeah, I was really looking forward to see Eric back there yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping whatever happened um zambrano is able to come back i'm sure there's a spot open for him and but you know life comes yeah. first before football so for sure know, thoughts to whatever is going on in zambrano's life but uh you know i was excited to see him play but i think we got some guys who can step up in the meantime all right man well overall how do you feel about the defense you think it's going to be a step up or well, step down gonna- you got something else i'm sorry go ahead I don't mean to put a cap Well, I was going to give a buy or sell from Cat Attack. Buy or sell, Thorny. Our defense averages at least one interception per game. I will buy that. That's insane, but I'll buy it. Yeah. That's only that's 11 interceptions on the season, man. Close. Only 11 interceptions. Yeah. Well, well, it depends on how many games we play, right? So I was thinking True. 15 again, but... Uh, I'm going to sell. That's a lot of interceptions. That's, that's a lot that's of interceptions. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of interceptions. Uh, so, it, sorry, Cat Attack. I'll, I'll sell that. I, I'll, I would like to buy it, but I just don't think that's so feasible. So, what if I but, told you last year we had 18 interceptions? We did? Yeah. I'm looking at the stats right now. No. It's a lot. It makes me want to change mine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could see us doing the buy. I can, I can see us. One per game. One I mean, per, if it's an average. 
That sounds right around, I think that's probably accurate, right around one per game. Because, yeah, we, we, so, what yeah, did we like, play, 15 we games last year? We have, like, three, three against, like, Moorhead State or something. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> or, or Idaho State. Yeah, it's feasible. Yeah. All right, I'll buy. That's what I Wish you wash you fully. Wish you wash. Talk to you into it. Is there any other buy or sell from Bobcat Nation related to? We have some that are overarching questions that we can probably save for another time. Although there's really no more time left. Our next episode is going to probably be the Oregon State preview, which we have a podcaster lined up from Oregon State from one of their fan podcasts. So that'll be fun. But uh, any other questions you want to answer? Nice. I think the no, I don't think there's any questions I need to answer or want to answer. I'm looking forward to the defense, man. It's a bunch of young guys. I think they're highly motivated. Like you said, Alex Eshelman's been feeding us some information saying that the vibe around camp is positive. These guys are looking they're hungry. And I man, I cannot wait to see him play football. Me neither. <laughs> you and I are just talking about this stuff all the time. Like we just need to see these guys no. on the field. I mean, Always we folks. do these episodes because, you know, they're kind of what you do. We kind of have um, to. They're not, you know, our cup of tea. Like <laughs> they're, they're, we're not there. Um, all of the stuff we were fed is like secondhand information, like from people like Alex Eshelman or Coulter Nuanez. But they're fun to talk about, but I just can't wait to actually start recapping some games because that's the whole reason we kind of started this podcast in the first place. And that's that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah. All right. Before we get uh, out of here. Uh, Foley didn't want to talk about this. I'm going to talk about it. Specialists. <laughs> I think all three guys made all conference team, didn't they? Uh, Tommy Sullivan, long snapper, uh, Bryce Layton, the punter, and Blake Glessner, the kicker. Did they all make it? Maybe Glessner didn't. I know Layton yeah, and Sol- Sullivan some did. Sort of, some sort of, yeah, first, second, or third. It's crazy, did. man. we got like three yeah, sophomores right there, and they're all just going to get better and better. I mean, that's the perfect world. You find a guy who can kick or punt, and you keep him for four years. That's perfect. And the MSU has been really fortunate right. in that regard. We've had just four-year guys, like one after another. Like what did MSU? I think MSU only had two punters in the two thousand. Or I'm sorry, two punters in the two thousand and three punters in the two thousand tens. Like ten years, we had like three punters. Name them. Oh, uh, let's see. We had. Oh my gosh, Rory Perez. We had. I think the end of it may have been. Was that Eric Fisher? Was he, or was that before? Was Rory Perez our punter? Yeah. I thought he was just a place kicker. Well, was he was it? both okay. for a little while. <laughs> yeah. He was doing both. And then um, you're going to drive, it's going to drive me crazy. The rule kicker guy we've had the last, last few years before Bryce Layton. Jared Padmos. Yeah, that one that. Jared Padmos. Yes. I couldn't think of his name. So yeah, Perez was four you. years. Padmos was four years. And I can't remember who was before him. It may have been Eric Fisher, but that might have been. Earlier than 2010, though. That's going back a ways. Yeah, that's going back. That, I think he was a Kramer guy. <laughs> so we're going a little ways back now. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see Stones Glessner coming out for the sophomore year. I do want to see... The only thing I have to say about this whole thing is uh, Glessner, you know, kind of faded a little bit down the season. I think he'll get it back together. He's, very, he's certainly very capable. Uh, Bryce Layton, I do want to see... A little bit more leg out of him. He didn't allow, allow a lot of return yardage, but that's because he only you know punted the ball about forty yards in the air half the time. Other than that, no critiques here. I'm I'm 
overall, that's a really good group. Tommy Sullivan, I think, is, is nailed down that long snapping position. I'm very confident in him. It's a good group. Well said, brother. Cheers. Cheers to that. We got n- nothing to be worried about there. There was such a there was such a dark age in MSU for like kicking in like two two thousands under Mike Kramer. Like we had such bad field goal kicking there for a while. Like this is we're going off a tangent here, and I'm sorry, but anyone who remembers that time frame, there was some. Every time a guy went up to kick the ball, you were just like, you have no idea what's going in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see this episode, brother. Let's do it. You want to get out of here right now? Yeah, I do. Okay. We're done. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for listening. This is uh, our last preseason episode besides, uh, well, yeah, it is, it is our last preseason episode. We're going to, yeah, Foley's over there fist pumping because he's done talking about who's starting what, who's going to do what. He wants to see some actual football, and I agree with him. Yes. Next one will be Oregon State. Come on. Uh, we do have someone lined up for Oregon State. Like I said, we have someone lined up to come and help us talk about McNeese State. Did I say Oregon State? That's not the first game. McNeese State's the first game. We do have someone lined up for that, too. We have someone lined up for Oregon State, and we have someone lined up to come on the show and talk about... Who's the other one? Help me oh, fully. Ryan. Uh, I don't know. You've been doing all that stuff. But to our viewers, we are going out to... Oregon State, the Portland. Yeah. We're flying out to Portland. I'm flying out to Portland. Ryan and I are going to be in Portland. If you're going to Portland and want to hang out, to just give us a little buzz or send us a private message. He can contact us in all the ways Ryan's going to tell you here in a moment. But we would love to meet you guys. That's always so much fun. Yeah, let's uh, set up a little uh, get-together. That'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to us on Twitter, probably the main spot, RRCatCast. Uh, Instagram, RRCatCast. That's kind of fully department. I'm more of a Twitter guy. You can... T- Find us on the web, rrcatcast.com. You can shoot us an email at rrcatcast at gmail.com. And fully, let's get out of here, man. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.